Thank you and welcome to all of our new supporters on Patreon. This is an independently produced show, written, researched, produced, edited, distributed, and promoted by us, Carolyn, Kristen, and Michelle, and paid for out of our own pockets because it's important to us. But you can help us pay the bills by clicking the Patreon link on our website, poppreservationist.com, or by going to our link in bio on Instagram and finding the Patreon link in our link tree. It's one of the best ways for you to tell us that you like what you hear, so we can keep on trucking. Thank you, and enjoy the show. But I have the perfect idea. I say we have a PCPS meetup and sleep over there. You guys, right? We're <laughs> no not itching paying, powder, though. No one's paying... Yeah. My brother's not allowed anywhere near yes, the set. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna like have, there's gonna be like ghosts out in the trees. <laughs> Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who sang Ding Dong, Avon, every time the doorbell rang. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving the houses of our TV families, the ones we dreamed of living in ourselves. Which one was your favorite? I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Do you guys have any plans this weekend? I have big plans to stay home by myself. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> big plans to stay home by yourself. Yeah, and I couldn't be happier. I'm loving it. Where's the I have that next, I have that the next crew weekend, Kristen. is going on a... A little, um, a little up north vacation to do some skiing, and darn it, I just I couldn't go. So oh, you know, I'll just have to stay here by myself mm-hmm. with the whole house to myself. I guess. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I I'll be thinking Wink. of you. You know what? <laughs> no. I have that next weekend. Well, it's just my husband and I now. Anyway, but I have that next weekend, and I started watching a movie, just a little silly Netflix rom com. The other night, you know, it was like a new movie. I'm like, oh, this looks cute. I started watching it and I immediately thought, no, save it. Save it for save your girls it. weekend. Yes. And by girls weekend, I mean just me. alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, you know, so that's so funny because that's exactly what I think of. What am I going to watch? Mm-hmm. I don't have to negotiate with anybody. Mm-hmm. I don't have to try and marry our two TV watching philosophies, mm-hmm. which are vastly different. And I just feel like, fine, we'll watch this again. Yes, we'll have fun. I'll be putting my nose to the grindstone, um, editing, and um, you know. Now I feel bad. Yes. Tiny violin. It, it never stops. Get out for Carolyn. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Although I that say? is true. It, it never is stops so for Carolyn. No, it doesn't. No. Yeah, my nothing stops for me. Not my no. brain. Not my. I don't know. Urine sometimes. <laughs> Just a lot of things don't stop. <laughs> Well, this, that's interesting, Carolyn, that you say that. Is that actually true? Like, could this nonstop editing, is does this work well with the way that your brain operates? Yeah. I mean, I think I think so. And I was actually just talking to um, my chiropractor, of all things, <laughs> about this because we were commenting on how long I sit sometimes. And I said, well, what happens is I get in this groove. So I'm editing. It's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle kind of thing. And if I haven't shared before, I, my brain has a little ADD going on. And so I can, I can either be totally everywhere or I can hyper focus and just be mm-hmm. in the zone. 
But once I kind of get out of the zone for a second, it's really hard to get back in the mm-hmm. zone. So when I'm editing, I could be sitting there for two and a half hours, and I don't even know that two and a half hours have mm-hmm. gone by. Wow. But of course, that's not really healthy to sit when you've got lower back pain and you're going to the chiropractor. It's like, you can't sit for two and a half hours. And I was explaining, gosh, well, it has to be a really little move so that I don't, my brain doesn't even realize I'm doing anything differently, or I'll get out of that space out of that space that's really a productive space for me. Yeah. So. What about those standing desks? Have you ever seen those? Well, I do have um, – I don't have the actual standing desk, but I do have a little setup that I do that's mm-hmm. like that. And then she said maybe I could sit on <laughs> – she said, do you have an exercise ball? I know. And I said, mm-hmm. I think I do in our basement. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. still inflated. I was just like <laughs> deflated, yeah. Yeah. And she <laughs> said, well, you can sit on that because even just, you know, just the bouncing. muscles you use. Well, just and bouncing. <laughs> Yeah, but then what if I hit the wrong thing and delete something? Or- Although, but I thinking thinking about it, that might that might work because you know how for some people it's easier to pay attention when you're doing something else like knitting or embroidery or something like that, and it could be that stabilizing yourself on the ball is the doing something else. <laughs> Have you ever seen me on those balls? I would love to see. <laughs> could we see video though of Carolyn trying to edit while she's on the ball? She just keeps rolling off to the side, right, rolling backwards. Like- Her feet just fly up. <laughs> Like some, oh, sorry, some bad words as I'm toppling over and then the computer falls over. I don't know. I'm going to experiment with a few things because, um, yeah, I've had some back issues and I got this thing called a wobble chair. I'd almost hold it up, but I'm not going to move. Oh, I've my seen setup. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell and it's us supposed more. To, yeah, it probably could be a little more it than. Sounds kind of naughty. Anyway, yeah. It, um, well, not for me. I mean, naughty in that I curse when I, I'm on <laughs> yeah, it because exactly. I kind of fall off and it's kind of a pain. But anyway, I digress. Um, do you as guys I remember do. in college, did you have those um, chairs at your word processors where you it was like a, a chair that was slanted <laughs> forward and then your knees would go on little pads in front of you? My, my daughter has one. We just got oh, it for her. Do they still make them? Yeah, they still make it. It's There's no oh. back to it. It's just a pad yes. and it slants forward. And the reason we got it for her is during COVID, um, when she um, she goes to college, just for those of you listening, my daughter is a, um, oh God, she's a junior in college. That's crazy. Um, and everything was remote. So she was at home for basically a year. So sitting at her desk, taking classes all day long and her back was killing her. And the way that she realized that she sat on her chair was with her knees drawn up a lot to her, like up. That's what or I she do. Sat, like, and so her back was killing her. And so we got her that chair and she loves it. And so you almost sit and yeah, your knees, your like weight is kind of on your knees. Your knees I can't like fall over yeah. and it scares yeah, she, me. We got it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm totally getting one. I'm totally mm-hmm. getting one because I cannot find a good way to sit. And I was shopping. And you can't for slouch really in it either. You can't yeah. slouch. Uh-uh. All right. All right. Well, we'll try one of those. We should. I'm just going to come borrow yours, and we'll see how. Oh it yeah, you can yeah. do a trial. She run. left okay. it here. She doesn't. She didn't take it to okay. college with her, so it's here. We'll pass it around. We'll each try it, and then we'll we'll give yeah. our grade. Mm-hmm. That sounds. We'll good. call yeah. the 1986 word processor chair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, are you guys ready to talk about your TV dream homes? Oh my gosh, wait. of course. Let's do it. Buckle up. Buckle up. A house is a very, very, very fine house. Every time you watch TV, the people in the show have to live somewhere. And it's only natural that after spending time with them each and every week, sometimes for your entire childhood, that the homes those people lived in start to become as familiar as the characters themselves. Did you have a TV house you loved? A place you yourself wanted to live? 
possibly with the TV family still in it? If you did, it's cool to know that someone agonized over that set. They decided what style it should be. They picked out the furniture. They toiled over the exact right accessories. That was someone's life's work. And it was important because the result could be that it would live in someone's heart forever. Oh, and it indeed. does. Oh, what a fun job, too, don't you think? Right. I know. Yes. So I think, but really stressful. I don't know that thought. I could handle that kind of stress. I would be agonizing over like two accessories. You know, mm-hmm. do I do and these so much glass grapes goes, in blue yeah. or green? You know, that is an actual situation that happened. Yes. Should I get the glass <laughs> grapes in the orange or the green? I, that was and in I the chose forefront orange. of my mind because it literally just happened <laughs> when the three of us were in a vintage store um, late fall and um, Kristen could not decide on a set of glass right. grapes. Um, and the orange yeah, was the proper choice. It was yeah. the proper choice, mm-hmm. especially for your house, I think. Yeah, um, I think but, so. Yeah, I think um, the home is so vital to our memories of these TV shows. You can't separate them, really. Um, because I don't know about you guys, but I often remember details of the homes way more clearly than I do the series. Like if you say a series went on for eight years that we loved, sure, I might remember an episode here and there, but I'm going to remember everything that was in that kitchen or everything mm-hmm. that was in that, on that oh, coffee sure. table. Yeah, those homes, um, kind of like you said, Kristen, they're almost like another character. I mean, yeah. that's how they almost breathe. They they live so much in our memories that way. And again, like you said, the time and the effort that go into choosing everything from the exterior, what it's going to look like, to the interior shots, to every little thing that's hanging on the wall, it is an enormous task. And so right now, I want to just do a quick little evolution of TV homes with you guys and how um, what we see now has kind of come to be. Because originally, shows like I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, those were filmed, as we remember, um, in front of live audiences often in a studio. So those were all sometimes within like a big building. There would just be different little studio sets within those. Um, but then during the 50s, some of the film production companies out in L.A. started to realize that this TV thing was maybe going to take off, and they wanted to get in on it. So they developed kind of television arms out of their movie studios. And because of that, um, they had large studio lots because they'd been producing films on there. So now they could have these television shows produced also on these big lots, and they could in turn have exterior shots. They could have outside shots. Before that, Everything was inside, and now we can yeah, be right. outside. So, I mean, think about that. We don't know where Lucy and Ricky lived. Right. We never saw the no. outside. Whereas when you Did, watch Friends, they show the outside of the building before every scene begins. We Did never we saw know? the outside of Lucy and Ricky's building. We didn't. And did we ever see the outside of the Dick Van Dyke show house? No, Believe never. we did. Mm-mm. No, we didn't. And so now these large studios, they could even have a whole neighborhood a whole of suburban streets that they could incorporate. So now all of a sudden, Leave It to Beaver doesn't have to take place just in a studio with interior shots. We can go walking down the sidewalk with mm-hmm. Leave It to Beaver. We can go into town with Leave It to Beaver. Um, Hazel was another one of the first shows that was able to have exterior shots. And because these studios basically had space to create these scenes. So some of the studios you might recognize the names of, we had Columbia Films, which is now Warner Brothers, and they were one of the first studios that um, incorporated a television arm. Their huge backlot is known as The Ranch. The Ranch 
features such iconic TV homes as Darren and Samantha Stevens' house from Bewitched, the houses from I Dream of Jeannie, and the Partridge family. And also, the ranch has probably what is the most famous water feature in TV history. What? It, I know. Well, it's that fountain from the opening of Friends that is located on the oh. lot, the ranch lot. So they did reuse a lot of um, the sets, especially the exteriors. Um, another back lot that we're probably all familiar with um, is the Universal yeah. back lot. So that was another film company in the 50s that had started to produce television shows. And their kind of suburban street where their houses are located, it's called Colonial Street. And this is where you'd find the homes of the Munsters, the Cleavers. Well, one thing that's so interesting about when you do those tours, because we also had done the Universal tour, and it's so interesting that it's just, it's truly just the shell. It's just the front of the house. It's just the exterior. It's almost, it's not a cardboard cut out of a house, but it almost is. Like if you walk through the front door, it's, there's nothing in there, Mm -hmm. but they're just, they're just facades. (laughs) Yeah. But, and yet people still have to come out the door, right? Like right. a lot of the exterior scenes are people coming out of the house. So they're just going through a facade. I swear I can I can see Keith Partridge coming out oh, the door. Oh, you can. Door. I'm going to say um, yeah. because they would put up what they called an L wall. Um, the uh, Stevens house is another example of that and probably the Partridge family. So it was just behind the front door. So it looked like there was something beyond that. So you yeah. could open the front door. Truly, there wasn't the rest of the house, but there was this kind of makeshift wall that made it appear that there was So an it didn't interior. look like there was a mountain in their correct, house or something. Correct, or a bunch of – because, yes, there are a lot of facades, and then they do have some of the homes where they'll have, like, the other three walls and a roof, but there, there's nothing inside. They use it for storage of, like, light fixtures and that kind of oh, thing. Weird. So they don't That actually, makes me feel bad. I don't like that. <laughs> there are <laughs> some things – yeah, you learn, you make you feel bad, a little bad. What Didn't you it drive you, you crazy, though, when you would see, like, an exterior establishing shot of the house? I'm just thinking right now of, like, the Cosby show. So you'd see, like, the exterior, the um, the Huxtables, almost like a brownstone. And then mm-hmm. you would immediately be inside, and they're all in the living room. And I would always be going, okay, so that window, it, so wait a minute. Like, I would be picturing what I just saw as the exterior. And then I'd be trying to figure out where everything was, and it, if it didn't match up drove me crazy and it didn't match up often like in mm-hmm. houses where you would be you would yeah. see the exterior and then when it would be the interior you're going wait that's not where that window is or that doesn't right. make sense there's no way the upstairs could go that way and you think someone's job is that's all they had to do all they had to do <laughs> yeah. was to build the ins- if this is if they say this is the outside house this is what we want their house to be now someone needs to make the inside set look like that could actually be inside that house and they failed. Right. It's well, like the person on the Little House crazy. on the Prairie set whose job it was to say braids when yeah. Laura's braids were in front when they were supposed to be in back. They should yeah. have had a person who could pick that out. Right. Yeah, I think and it was think Karen that- Grassley told us it was the script supervisor because I was like, I want to be that person. I want to be that yeah. person who says, you guys, if this is the outside, there's no way. That window then needs to be on the other side of the room mm-hmm. or whatever. Do they think people not not don't notice that? And mm-hmm. for the um, the two studios that we just talked about that had the – you know, they were obviously creating the facade. Why can't they just, you know, create the home behind it to correspond? They had that option, but Paramount Studios, again, another film studio in the 50s that um, 
developed television shows, their lot was not that big um, in L.A. that they had. So to create these exterior scenes for homes, they would actually go to surrounding neighborhoods and find a home that they thought would represent the Brady Bunch, for example. So that home is not located on a lot. That's a real person's home. It's located right. at 11222 Dilling Street. Um, the Cunningham's home is another one that's just a few blocks from Paramount, and that's obviously from Happy Days. We've got the Clampets, the Clampets Mansion from Beverly Hillbillies is in Bel Air. Oh, that's real? Yep, that is. Oh, that's interesting. So there's an address for the Clampets house. There is. And I'm th- there's a website that gives you all of those addresses that you can go if you want to do um, actual tours. I tried to look up because family was another one because you've mm-hmm. stood in front of that house, Kristen. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I was trying to see if it was a Paramount production, and I couldn't find that before we um, met today. But uh, I, that's another example that that home was not very far. I mean, obviously, you were there. Um, and people still go like Kristen and stand in front of some poor family's home that's just trying yes. to eat their breakfast. Get your picture and, oh, taken. Oh, God, I'd do, yeah, I'd do that in a hot second. That's right. Oh, I actually went up to a house that did not go in the Cosby set, and I went up to the door and had my picture taken opening the door just because it looked like the Cosby house. <laughs> it wasn't even the Cosby's house. But I'm like, it's close enough. There's a well, creepy it's, lady it's at our funny. door. Uh-huh. That was in. me, the creepy lady. It's funny you bring that up because perhaps one of the most iconic homes is – Located not very far from us, it is Mary Richards' home from the Mary Tyler Moore Show, and that was in Minneapolis, and still is. So many of us dreamed of living in some of these houses, and we decided to ask our society members which TV house they would want to be their dream home. And without even counting the votes, we know, we know exactly which classic TV home you all want to live in. If you grew up in the 70s or the 80s, the TV home you fell in love with and knew so intimately was the Brady Bunch house. Mm -hmm. We know because we feel exactly the same way. (laughs) We all wanted to live in that house. Absolutely. Yes, of course. Yeah, the Brady Bunch house is so beloved and we have so much to say about it. And it is just such an icon of 1970s architecture and design that it deserves its very own episode. And don't worry, you guys, it will have one in an upcoming season. Uh, you guys at this rate, I think we're going to have like 187 seasons. <laughs> I know it's true. <laughs> we keep so having all these great on. ideas and we have already like planned a season and we're like, well, next season, mm-hmm. next season. And then we think of other yep. things. Um, anyway, but the actual house at 11222 Dilling Street actually did get its own series on HGTV just a couple of years ago. And I'm sure I'm speaking to the choir with our society, but for those of you who don't know, when that actual house, the one that was used for all the exterior shots, when it went up for sale... It looked like Brady Bunch super fan and NSYNC singer Lance Bass, which I think that surprised a lot <laughs> I of love us this so much. He was going to buy it. Um, but HGTV outbid him and bought the house for $3.5 million in August 2018. Um, and yes, Lance Bass was terribly disappointed. Um, but that made me know, love him so much more. I know. Did I mean, <laughs> yes, like he's one of us. Well, he could be like my child, I think. Uh, But it all worked out for him because I think he ended up being like some sort of producer on the show. So he still has a connection to it. And he still, you know, cha-ching, made some money from that. So, um, And then um, in November of 2018, HGTV began production on a very Brady renovation where all six Brady kids came together and worked alongside some of HGTV's stars to transform that home into the replica of the original Paramount Stage 5 set. And they did. It was 
insanely wow. detailed and mm-hmm. just so impressive. Um, they completed that renovation. Um, it was that was just in May of 2019, and the show premiered in September of 2019. And you guys watched it, right? Oh mm-hmm. God, yes. I couldn't wait for that. I know. So excited. And both Mike and me. I mean, it's so funny when somebody that is not normally as nostalgic about the same things as you are is right on the couch there like, we have to see if they got the bathroom done. (laughs) Like, he's just so excited. But that show appealed to everybody, though, because they had to actually reconstruct that house. Like I was just saying before, drives me crazy how many exteriors look nothing. Like, it's not possible Mm -hmm. for the interior to match that exterior. The Brady Bunch house was one of them. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. possible for everything that was in that house to belong to the same exterior. But by gum, HGTV did it. And they did it with a whole bunch of construction. Um, (laughs) But it's so fascinating. Um, So yeah, each episode, it featured a different pairing of Brady kids working with HGTV designers and builders. And they went out searching for the exact props or recreating the fabrics. That one was so interesting with Marsha, with Maureen McCormick, where they recreated the fabric for the sofa. Mm -hmm. Um, Or they even, they even, like I just said, they had to build sections of the home to make it exact, even the backyard. And it's crazy how perfect it ended up. Um, If you happen to not watch it, uh, don't worry. You uh, can follow Very Brady Renovation still on Instagram for the fun videos and all the reveals are still there. And you can still stream it on a variety of streaming platforms. Um, and as for that, the new completely replicated Bradyed out house, it's kind of sad. Its future kind of remains unclear. Um, oh, really? One woman won a contest and got to stay there for a week with her husband. <laughs> and can you imagine? What would you do? Would you like, would you, I would dress the part too. I just want, I would I come, want I would night, come with all seventies clothes. Oh, I would, I would like mm-hmm. want to use the little tiny coffee cups. Like their coffee cups have like four sips of coffee in them because yeah. they're so small. They're green. I've looked for them online. I want them. They're green with those little like ovals on them. I can't Oh yeah. Them. I would mm-hmm. sit on those, like those two chairs, you know, in the, in, like in the living room and read mm-hmm. the paper or I would like needlepoint like Carol did. Like I would do everything they did. I think if I was going to be, for, <laughs> um, I mean, um, Anyway, they've given some celebrities private tours since, but you guys, they can't really open it to the public because of all the zoning laws in the neighborhood, um, because it's a neighborhood. So they can't make it an Airbnb. They can't make it like a museum. It's a neighborhood. So it's kind of unfortunate. Um, but I have the perfect idea. I oh, say okay. we have a PCPS meetup and sleep over there. You guys, <laughs> right? We're not no itching powder pay- though. No one's paying. My brother's not allowed anywhere near yes, the set. That's right. We're gonna, right. we're gonna like. Have, there's gonna be like ghosts out in the trees. Woo. <laughs> um, we're we're not gonna charge anybody. We're just gonna say, come on over. We just have to. We just gotta arrange it with HGTV. But I think that would be like mm-hmm. a really, really. Oh, cool place I bring to some do records it. and your transistor right. radio. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe if no we playing actually, ball in the house, though, everyone. No, if we did. Um, if we did charge. We could do it like a fundraiser, and then maybe HGTV would feel you know good about yeah. it. Like, yeah, let's okay. let them come. Everyone pays mm-hmm. one hundred and fifty dollars to have a PCPS sleepover, and then we donate whatever to some worthy cause. Like Somebody it. out there has to have a connection. So hear us now. Yeah. You know what, you guys? A couple episodes ago, we talked about our vision boards. I'm putting this. I'm adding this to mine. Something will happen yeah. PCPS related in that replicated Brady house. I want to be inside. A picture okay. outside will not suffice this time. No, no, I no. I have to no. go inside. No, yeah. no okay. we will yeah. be inside for a long time. We will sleep there. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, can the three of us get the In girls' my lawn's rooms, nightgown. though? Everybody else can. Can the three of us get the girls' rooms? Can I have Cindy's bed over yeah. against the wall? Yeah. Thanks. Okay, mm-hmm. thanks. Yes, and I'll lean out. Oh, I don't want to be Jan. 
But um, I'll be Jan. Okay. I'm okay, Jan. You get the well, where you get the neck, window bed? You look out. You know when you dropped your necklace into the <laughs> oh my necklace when you were looking for the bear for or whatever fluffy? in the wasn't it looking for fluffy. Oh, no, you were looking it? up at the sky. I thought you were looking at like a constellation. Or something. I thought you were looking at a constellation. Okay, yeah, that's I what I thought. It was too. That's so like right. me. Yeah, and then <laughs> she recreates the evening, and she screams when she realizes, "Oh, my necklace fell in the bush." That's oh, Ursa Minor. She doesn't just scream. Yeah, she doesn't just scream. It's like a howl. It's like a. I mean, it wakes everybody up. Everybody comes running from all around the house. What? The boys come in. Of course, when the boys come in, though, they're, they're tying their bathrobes because you don't go from one right. room oh, to another. You can't come out of your room without your bathrobe, bathrobe on. It was Brady's Who would do and such their a bathrobes. Thing? I tell you, I thought you everybody. You were in a barn? Yeah, really. I just yeah. bathrobes. Those were a big thing in that show. Everyone had yeah. a bathrobe at the end mm-hmm. of their bed. Yeah. Well, I bet it was censorship stuff because you know they couldn't. Sh- there couldn't be a toilet in that bathroom because right. censor because of the censor. So there couldn't because people couldn't don't show pee. a toilet. No, yeah. right. no peeing. Mm-hmm. Well, I loved that. Um, what would you call it? The TV room. You know that room off the kitchen the where they. Okay, I yeah, love the that den. room. Oh, oh no, what you call Mike's? Mike's. Oh, that's yeah, Mike's. You're right. I just called it like the family room. That to me was that's like a family like. You know, there's like a fan, like the living room is always more like the formal living room. Mm-hmm. The family room is where right. the family hangs out and watches TV in our house, at least. So, yeah, I always think of that you're as right. the Mike family works room. In the den. And they okay, had those it's really the family cool room. plaid. That's what I like, wanted. Those plaid L couches yes. that, like, I think they actually became single size twin beds. Like you could yeah. pull oh. them out. Okay, like well, there then was there in the yeah. a lot of space for PCPS say, people yeah. to sleep. <laughs> oh, this is true. That's right. And they can sleep outside because the weather's always nice. You know, on the astroturf, yeah, on the astroturf mm-hmm. in a pup tent, and tiger's dog. Bring your own astroturf or a tiger's doghouse. Yeah, that would work. Did you know that the Pop Culture Preservation Society is on Patreon? Patreon allows you to support our work by becoming dues-paying members of our society. We are an independent, women-run endeavor with a commitment to delivering the highest quality listening experience to our community. And so we've taught ourselves how to record, edit, and produce a podcast in midlife, a time when most of us are asking our kids how to regram a TikTok so that we can deliver episodes that truly speak to you. Support from PCPS patrons means that we can devote more of our time and resources to the content, sources, equipment, software, hosting, and research that you've come to depend on without worrying about how to pay the bills. So thank you. We appreciate you from the bottom of our bell-bottomed hearts. Okay, you guys, now it's time to share our favorite TV home with our listeners. You know, the one that you could imagine yourself living in and waking up in and eating breakfast in. So if you were going to come and knock on my door. Come and knock on my door. <laughs> it's not that fun, though, right? Someone can't sing that without me repeating fun. it. Yeah. <laughs> I you can't sing that. Sing it. But, so yeah, if you were it. going to... Come and knock on my door of the my favorite TV home. You would be at 1164 Morning Glory Circle at the home of Samantha and Darren Stevens from Bewitched. That's a good house. I love that house. I have loved that home my entire life. And I never really knew why. I just knew I wanted, as I said, to wake up in there. I wanted to eat breakfast in that kitchen. I wanted to be friends with Tabitha. It gives (laughs) me this warm feeling, this just warm, comfy feeling every time I think of it. 
And it wasn't until we were doing research for this episode that I thought, I need to dig into why I feel that way. And so I watched some episodes, looked through some videos, and I got to say, I think one of the big selling points was that this home had not one, but two sets of stairs. And when you live in a Mm -hmm. ranch house in Houston, Texas, all you want is stairs. You think that you have made (laughs) it if you have an upper floor. So the fact that you could go upstairs from not only the entryway, but also the kitchen Oh my gosh, this was over the top house. Carolyn, can I just tell you that yes. I had the same experience because I lived in a ranch house in California. And when we moved to Minnesota, not only was I getting stairs, I was getting two sets of stairs. Wow. I mean, it was almost too much. Yeah. It was too much. It's, mm-hmm. it, and you I must think have felt ex- like you guys were like super wealthy. Like I would have felt oh, like, oh my rich. God, dad, are you president? Yes. yes. <laughs> Mayor of Minnesota? <laughs> I'm the mayor of Minnesota. I'm so glad I'm not alone with that because somehow Mm -hmm. I thought that stairs equaled wealth. Like if you had stairs, you were rich and didn't have a care in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was wonderful. So that second set of stairs, you guys, I mean, stairs came down in the kitchen. Okay. You could just come down from your bedroom and come into that fun, fun kitchen. So that is another place I think I fell in love with that home. Not only it had these really cool, like shuttered, bifold doors that separated kind of the bar pass through Mm -hmm. into the dining room. And I thought that was really neat. Like you could have a really messy kitchen, but shut those and you could entertain and no one would have to see that your kitchen was messy. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty ingenious. Yes. I really Mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. But that we're just going to take a moment. We're just going to sit for a second. We're going to talk about that kitchen because it was pretty darn cool. Okay. It had, well, obviously the magic that she would do in there. But almost a magical appliance. <laughs> you know, the magic. The magic. Obviously. Yeah. There mm-hmm. is the coolest oven range setup in that kitchen that looks magical, but it is real. It is the Frigidaire Flare Electric Range. You found it? Oh, yeah. And you too could find <laughs> one and buy it for your kitchen if you wanted now for a little over $12,500. Oh, Okay. But at the time, this was indeed a product and product placement was actually a big deal on, on Bewitched. So Frigidaire is getting um, a nice little plug in. But do you guys remember this, um, the range stove situation? On was Bewitched? it like, was it one on top of the other? Yes. Is that right? It, okay. Well, it was really cool in that it had the oven part had these like window doors that kind of opened up. That was on the top. Oh, yeah. And then, um, it had like storage for all your pots and pans kind of underneath. So uh, they didn't have a built-in oven into the wall like we might see in another favorite TV home. But you could see everything. It was at eye level. And then you um, could be cooking down right below it. So everything was kind of in this one place. And then they also had like this uh, – they had a fireplace in there, a brick fireplace in their kitchen, which, uh, again, talk about cozy and homey and maybe little house witchy. vibes. It's kind of witchy. Oh, oh, well, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Um. And there was like, she could have cooked on it, but I never actually saw her using it to cook. It, to me, it was just kind of a, a fun. For when Mr. Tate was coming over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kitchen, I loved. And then above all of that, though, as I really went back and looked, I think it was the exterior of that home. They did spend a lot of time outside. The backyard had a gazebo in it. I mean, it looked oh, like yeah. a fun That's place right. to hang out. There was a really nice patio with some really nice patio furniture. And at that point in my life, I mean, I loved my my home growing up, but we had like those 
I don't know, lawn chairs that were kind of webbed. <laughs> I didn't even know you could have like a couch. Woven nylon. Yeah. yeah. They, make, mm-hmm. they make those um, impressions on the back of your thighs. Oh, yeah. You your thighs. Up. And that yeah. was our outdoor furniture. So the mm-hmm. fact that you could have like a couch and some chairs and a table blew my mind. So I was very swanky. That. I loved that. And I loved the front yard. Because that neighborhood, because we would see the neighborhood, we see the Kravitz's house, we'd see the driveway and their convertible in the driveway. And there were trees that were big. And when you grow up in a kind of track subdivision where all the homes are like the one three doors down and they're newly built. So there's just new sod in the, in your front yard, little sapling trees, a few bushes. Nothing has matured yet. You can't climb a tree in my neighborhood growing up because you would have broken the tree. There were no branches or anything. <laughs> it just bends all the way to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a um, you know, a tree swing. What is that? Like all of those things could not have happened where I grew up. But this home, it had all of that mature landscaping. It just felt like a place that I wanted to open the front door mm-hmm. and say, I'm home. And I would Isn't do it today. Funny? I loved it's it. It's like so much of what we of what we like is what we didn't have. Yeah. Isn't that, Isn't that true? interesting? It's often mm-hmm. the opposite of what we had. Mm-hmm. And so that is my favorite home. I love it. What is yours, I Kristen? I love it. So when I, um, when I moved to Minnesota in 1975, one of the first things that my dad did when we arrived was drive us by 2104 Kenwood Parkway, which is the Mary Tyler Moore House. And which that's somebody's actual address. Somebody mm-hmm. lives there right now, and I just advertised it to all of podcast land, all of the peoples out there. But it doesn't matter because it's such a well-known address. All you have to do is Google Mary Tyler Moore House mm-hmm. and 2104 Kenwood Parkway comes up. So I've revealed nobody's secrets. Um, but it's a it's a beautiful, it's a big, beautiful Victorian house that was built in the late 1800s. It's on one of the most beautiful streets in one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in the city of Minneapolis, just a mile or so from my house right now. And I can drive by it anytime I want. And I do. I do it all the time. Those of you who are Patreon supporters, thank you so much, by the way. And um, we're so excited about some of the bonus content that we're starting to put on Patreon. And one of them is going to be our little field trip to that very house where um, we have some fun pictures and videos um, available for um, our patron Patreon supporters. God, now we got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Who's oh, going to make me do that? That's why I said it. We've, you guys, how have we not done it? Yeah. We've got to do it. I know. And we got to wear well, our berets. It's right we need now. to all wear our berets. Right. Well, I know. Our but little it's, tans. Well, it's like 30. We'll find a day that it's like 30. It's got to look good in the pictures, though. So it's not that I don't want to go outside. Is that it's, well, you've got to make sure it shows up. Um, so I drive by. I drive by all the time. Even when I'm not in the neighborhood, I'm like, I'm just going to turn right here instead of left and go by Mary's house. I do it all the time. Oh, yeah. I, whenever we have company from out of town, <laughs> I mean, that is a stop never fails that's one of the places we take them yep and watch their jaws drop yep so here's what the producers of the show wrote in the script outline after the location scouts found 2104 kenwood parkway they said this is in the script outline a room actually an entire apartment a single large room there are some mostly of the working girl variety who would consider this a great find 10 foot ceilings pegged wood floors a wood burning fireplace and most important a fantastic ceiling height corner window right now the room is totally empty but it won't be for long 
It will be the main setting for the Mary Tyler Moore Show. So God bless it. I just got the chills. I know I did too. And it's like the fourth time I've read it. (laughs) Isn't that great? And here it is. And we can go look at it. So Mary's fictional address is 117 North Weatherly, apartment D. And you guys want to know what I did last night? What'd you do? (laughs) I bought brass letters that say apartment D (laughs) and I bought them and I'm going to put them on my attic door. Mike doesn't know yet. Don't tell (laughs) him. That's cute. This is what happens when you're up researching for an episode late at night and you're like, I think I need some letters on my attic door that say apartment D. Really, my attic is much more like Rhoda's apartment than Mary's, but it's the spirit of apartment D Mm -hmm. that I want up here in my attic. So when I graduated from college, I went apartment hunting with my roommate, and we found an apartment that we called the Mary Tyler Moore apartment. It just stole our hearts. And it was just a few blocks away from the actual Mary Tyler Moore house, although on the sketchier side of the neighborhood, (laughs) we were totally in love, and we wanted to live there and be Mary and Rhoda. But we were also trying to be good adults. We were. This was our first act of adulting. We were getting our new apartment, and we really wanted to make practical decisions and show our parents that we could make good decisions, not decisions based on TV shows from our childhood. (laughs) And so we passed on the Mary Tyler Moore apartment because the rent didn't include heat, and we calculated that that would be like $60 a month maybe divided by two, and so we thought the practical decision would be to go with the Good Times apartment (laughs) and not the Mary Tyler Moore apartment. And I have been kicking myself Ever since, I cannot believe we didn't take the Mary Tyler Moore apartment. So in the past, um, some owners, you know, because people live there at 2104 Kenwood Parkway. In the past, the people who have lived there have been pretty cool with people driving by and taking pictures. But some not so much. Because back in the heyday, there were busloads of people that would come by every single day and they would all unload and take pictures of the house. They would walk on the lawn. They would look in the windows. They'd ring the doorbell and ask if Mary was home. It was really bad. Um, And so some people were not. (laughs) (laughs) Not Michelle. Not Michelle. Or the person who walked up to a random person's home in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn to get her Uh picture taken um, when it did not, in fact, involve the Cosbys. So in the early 70s when this was happening, um, the Mary Tyler Moore show was coming back to Minneapolis to shoot some more exterior shots of the home. And the person who owned the home famously put up a giant banner across the front of the house that said, Impeach Nixon, so that they couldn't film any shots there. And that is when Mary moved to her high-rise apartment in downtown Minneapolis. Is that why? Yeah, that's why, because they couldn't get any outdoor shots. I I also drive by that apartment all the time, too. Couldn't they have just used old outside shots? You would think. Yeah, you would think. But then she moves to her dirty apartment um, in the city. It's supposed to be really nice and modern, but I assure you right now it is not nice and modern. No. No. Mm -mm. Okay, so let's talk about the inside of the apartment a little bit because that's also what we loved so much, right? When you look at the front of the house, Mary lived behind the big Palladian windows, Phyllis lived down below, and then Rhoda lived in the turret that is to the right. And it was a studio apartment, which as a kid I thought was so charming. I was like, why do we need all these rooms? You can have everything you want. You would never have to leave your room. It would be fantastic. 
And it was furnished with what was supposed to look like thrift store finds because, of course, Mary was newly single. She may have been living with her parents. We're not exactly sure. She was trying to make it on her own. And so she had to cobble together some pieces. So in particular, the the oak dining table and the upholstered chairs are supposed to look sort of thrifty, like she has some budgetary constraints. She had a sunken living room that um, is where she slept on the pull-out couch, and you step down into the living room via two steps that were flanked by bookshelves. So essentially your bookshelves were on the ground. Oh, my God. And then her stereo sat on the ledge of the sunken living room, which would have been the floor for the rest of the apartment. So you have everything you need right there in your sunken living room with your, your, your books, and you've got your music, and you can reach it all from your bed. It was just too good to be true. So her kitchen was behind a sliding screen that looked like stained glass and it pulled down like a roll top desk. And she had a fridge that fit under the counter. So she had to bend down to get things out of her fridge. That was so exciting to me because everyone knows that Things are much cuter when they're tiny. So this tiny fridge was really exciting. You guys, every time she came home from, this happens all the time in so many episodes, she comes home, she comes in and she's carrying two bags of groceries and they always, stuff's coming out the top. Like you can see the yes. tops of carrots or a thing of bread or, and she can barely carry them because you know, they didn't have grocery bags with handles and she sits yeah, why down. Not, why didn't, I'm and, so sorry to interrupt you, but why didn't they have handles? Why did well, she have so long to never, figure out yeah, handles? Never. Yeah. But all I was ever thinking was where's she going to put all that? <laughs> As a child, no pantry. No, no, I have no idea. I don't even have. Okay, a, I don't even have a memory of watching Mary Tyler Moore <laughs> as a child. All my memories of watching Mary Tyler Moore are from when I was in like college and up. But where is she going to put all that? That's a very practical yeah, question. I will. You can't I will, fit and I would two like an bags answer. of groceries yeah. in that tiny fridge. Well, there's not even a. There's not even a. Because if she, you know, you'd see her open cabinet doors to get out, like some cups yeah. and some plates. So that's not where she keeps her food. <laughs> and the booze. There was booze in there. In yeah, that cupboard. So there's foods. no room for food. That's well, just, th- These are the things that I think of when I watch television. Right. Well, what what right. I thought of watching that growing up and still think of now, I get very uncomfortable that there wasn't some kind of banister by those steps that go down. Oh, like, oh mm-hmm. it's dangerous. It is yes. very dangerous. And carrying those mm-hmm. two heavy bags of groceries, too. Like, you could mm-hmm. take a tumble. Right. Yeah, sure I didn't. Yeah. That made but me But you very... can't make a banister. How the banister would be, like, 12 inches long. <laughs> I know, but you still, what were you going to balance on if you needed to get get your balance? Mm -hmm. Really twist an ankle. Um, Do you guys remember the cookie jar that was on her counter? Mm -hmm. So there's a cookie jar that is shaped like a pumpkin, and apparently this is very popular with the internets. People love the the pumpkin cookie jar. Did you know that the cookie jar was actually full of real cookies? No. Oh, I bet I I do know. I vaguely have a story. Yeah. Yeah. But they were always full of real cookies so that between scenes, they could have a little snack. Yeah. Oh, a little, nice. Keep their blood sugar up. That's right. You got to worry about that. Okay. So over by her door, there was the sweetest little vignette. It was a tiny little table with a white electric typewriter on it that I want very badly. Mike, for Christmas, I want <laughs> that white oh, one typewriter. Just passed, so that's mm-hmm. yikes. It takes him a while to listen to these episodes, so he might get it in time for next year. Um, And then you would sit at the tiny little table on a little wicker stool, and you would type your letters. And then when you were done, you would reach into a tiny cabinet that hung on the wall, and you pull out a tiny drawer, and that's where you get your stamp. Yes, I love the stamp drawer. It was so cute. And we know this from the time that Lou Grant came over drunk. (laughs) 
and somehow needed to write a letter. And he sat on that tiny wicker stool and typed out his yep. letter. And Mary got his wife, stamp. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, was I think it? it was to his wife? Yeah. yeah, I think it was. I was trying so hard to remember what that was, and he looked so funny <laughs> balancing it on that tiny stool. Mm-hmm. He's like an elephant sitting in a school desk or something at his tiny little desk. So then, to the left of her amazing arched floor to ceiling windows is her closet slash bathroom. How much were you dying to go through that door? Always. And mm-hmm. see her bathroom. It we never, never got to see to me, though, that she had that big of a closet, like a walk-through, <laughs> walk-in closet and bathroom, but no bedroom. Bedroom. But no bedroom. Because I used to, to always think, why couldn't you just, like, sleep in that closet? Like, well, you I could thought that cot in there. Yes. I thought that same Do you thing. really have that many clothes? I That also, the balance did not work Again, out Again, these me. are the things we're thinking of. <laughs> yeah. And it really wouldn't mm-hmm. have worked well for the television show they were shooting. I mean, <laughs> right. it just, you needed Mary to sleep out there in the big open space where the cameras could fit. And they didn't need to, you know, construct a little tiny set that looked like her closet. Well, and these were the days when we all had the one closet with the bifold doors, right? That's the era yeah. in which we're living. <laughs> and so the idea that she had a closet that she could <laughs> walk into yes. was unheard of. Uh, yeah, why wouldn't you just put your bed in there? So, no, we never got to see the bathroom, and that drove everybody crazy. And then last but not least, I saved the very best for last, the most famous part of Mary's apartment is the letter M on the wall. It's the M that inspired an entire generation of people to put initials on their wall, mm-hmm. including me. And me. Did you have one, too? Oh, gosh. Well, mine... It wasn't wood, though. It was kind of cork, so it could also okay. be a bulletin board. But I have a picture of it. And, I mean, the only reason I ever – who else? I mean, of course you have to have an initial on your wall. That's like – Of course you do. Yes, of course up. you do. Yes. I got mine for my birthday from my friend Kristen, and her father made it for me in his <gasps> wood shop. Oh, oh, wow. I have a handmade K. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's in a box somewhere. I'm going to get that out and put it in my attic that says apartment okay. D. I think you need to. I'm going to do it. You need a drawer um, for Okay, so that – I need a little place for stamps. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we can teach. We can a whole like a webinar for children on where to put the stamp. Oh, um, the really? set designers. I need to tell you about that letter M. The set designers had a very specific purpose for that M. That M is there for a reason. And that is to signify that that apartment is hers and hers alone. She doesn't share it with anyone else. She takes full ownership of it and responsibility for it. Wow. They really think through stuff, don't She's they, those set designers? woman making it I on know, her she own. really is. So I've not given up on my Mary Tyler Moore house dreams yet. So r- right now it's, um, it's a 9,000 square foot house with seven bedrooms and five bathrooms. But long ago, it was divided into condos. And this is my retirement dream. I want somebody to go back and turn it into condos again. And this is where I will live out my golden years and Mike can take the turret apartment and be my Rhoda. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we have the makings of a he new gets a hot TV series. Don't yes. we? Yes. Don't you think? Yes. Next yeah. time it's for sale or? Yes. Because um, it takes forever whenever that place goes on sale. It's on the market oh. for a long time. It's news. Every time it goes on the market, it's big news. It is. And the last time it sold, it sold, last sold in 2017 for $1.5 million, which is half yeah. of what it was on the market for 10 years prior. So somebody bought it for $3 million and sold it for $1.5 million. Oh, that was, yeah. What a bummer. Well, Michelle, where are you going to take us? Where are we going to visit you we're, and your we're favorite We're going to go to Ohio. 
Oh, it's oh. a good thing lived in Ohio. <laughs> We're going to go to Ohio. Yay. Uh, you guys, seriously, this was a near impossible task for me to pick one TV home. And honestly, I feel like I'm still wavering. But no, I feel actually, I feel really good about my choice. Um, I was going between like four TV homes. So I want to tell you how I came to my decision of which one to pick and share really quickly. So instead of picking a TV home because I was in love with its decor and vibe and felt like I could happily move in there today, um, like with it looking as is, like Dick Van Dyke's living room or the gorgeous colonial exterior of the Bradford Bradford's home or Kate and Allie's cozy basement, New York apartment, I'm picking the TV home of probably my favorite TV family. And I know that wasn't necessarily the purpose of this little exercise, but let me explain. While I don't particularly love the decor of this home today or feel like I want to move right into it today, I did love it, love it in the 80s. And I still get a feeling every time I picture it or see a photo of it. I get a feeling of warmth, a feeling of happiness, and a feeling of family. And that's why I'm choosing the home from Family Ties. I bet we've been together for a million years. And I bet we'll be together for a million more. So we never saw the exterior of the Keaton's home, but we spent almost all our time in the living room and in the kitchen. And the kitchen was my very favorite room in that house. I loved, I don't know if you guys can remember, but I loved, had a really big island with a bulletin board and a, a kiss the cook sign that was kind of hanging mm-hmm. lower. Um, I loved the floating shelves, which I think you didn't see a lot of in the early 80s. And so all their dishes and glasses were on floating shelves. So you could see they had the little orange juice glasses with the oranges on them that I love. Oh, yeah, they did. Um, yeah. They had a water They did cooler. drink a lot of orange juice. They <laughs> did, and milk, yes. Mm-hmm. And they had, and uh, I like, um, in an episode I was just recently watching, they pour the milk out of a pitcher. Like, obviously, when they get their milk, then they <laughs> pour it into a pitcher, and then they... Um, like they also, another thing I loved about it is I love that they kept their cereal. Do you guys remember that their cereal was always in those tall Tupperware containers, which I thought were the coolest things. I wanted all my cereal in Tupperware containers. Um, they had that standalone water cooler by the back door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they had a walk-in pantry back there. The kitchen was just full of plants, plants with ivy everywhere. They had um, shelves above, like really high, like an open shelf above the um, the like that back room with the French doors, which I loved was the laundry room. And there's a shelf really high that they have a lot of like tchotchkes and like old mugs and stuff like that, but lots of plants with ivy and everything. Um, they um, had that round table, you know, by this, by the the door that they all set squashed on one side of, obviously, so we could see all of them. Um, Elisa's drawing table was pushed over by the phone. She worked in the kitchen oh, yeah, because it was such right. the epicenter of the home. Um, and then they had this giant commercial grade wolf oven and stove. And behind it was this exposed brick wall. And it just almost looked like a restaurant over in that section of the kitchen, Mm -hmm. which I loved. And then the living room. Now, the living room was very 80s. And it was peppered with some serious Victorian flair, like the Tiffany lamp, which is iconic, an Mm -hmm. an iconic family tie set piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And I believe it's Tina Yothers, who played Jennifer, who has that currently. Um, And then there's that yellow camelback Victorian sofa. But the, and it was really kind of small and cluttered, but I feel like it was just so warm and it just totally reflected that family. Um, you know, every mm-hmm. wall in that house has frames, like collages of frames. And, um, oh my gosh, the, 
the living room has that beautiful carved mantle um, over the fireplace. And then behind that Victorian camelback sofa, there's a little alcove with a um, window seat that I don't remember ever seeing anyone use in that that area of the living room. But one thing I did love is all the windows in that house are leaded glass. Even the front door has a leaded glass window. Um, But you can see in that little alcove, um, almost looks like a leaded glass slash stained glass type of situation going on. Um, And then Alex's room, it looks like Alex's room might be like in a little turret. I can almost picture what the outside of that house looks like, even though Mm -hmm. we never saw it. they thing never showed the exterior on that one? Mm-mm, mm-mm. One thing that always baffled me, though, and those of you that are big Family Ties fans listening, please let me know if you know the answer to this. Why was there a full-on table and chairs for four in the entryway? I, 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 <laughs> I, I, the answer I know that you might be saying, well, because they sat at it sometimes. Of course they did, but who has a table with four? It looked like it could have been like another table that went in a kitchen or something, and it was right in the entryway. And I have seen episodes recently where – um, Stephen and Elise are sitting there and they're having cheese and crackers with some guests. And that's because, you know, Alex, Mallory and Jennifer are in the living room. So obviously they all, all the actors in this scene can't fit in that tiny living room. So that's a purpose, but it just seems like an odd, doesn't it seem like an odd decor choice? Well, it was full size. It, it wasn't yes. like, it wasn't a table where you put your keys no, it was a full-size table. Right. Well, and a lot it? of people that have bigger homes have big round tables in their entry that they might put a beautiful arrangement of flowers on or some so photo fr- picture frames. for that. No. Yeah. Right. This is one. It's a small house. And two, it has four chairs around it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so because Family Ties and the Keatons were just so impactive for me in the early 80s, I mean, that was my show. I loved it. And so that home actually feels a little bit like home to me. Um Aww. Anyway, a fun fact, it was modeled after exactly after the childhood home of executive producer Gary David Goldberg, who very familiar really? name oh. in sitcom history. And he oh, not yeah. only modeled that home after his, the commercial grade wolf range and oven big contraption in the kitchen. He put that in there because he had one of those in his home, like at the time. And so he wanted that in there. Yeah, those are all very purposeful choices. Like you're not yeah. gonna put that oven and stove combination in a kitchen without having a reason to do so. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that house was very unique. So also, you wouldn't make those, you know, those Victorian things, The I was going to say the humpback couch. That's not what it is. The camelback couch, that's mm-hmm. a very purposeful decision. That's mm-hmm. not the kind of thing you saw on TV that often. So mm-hmm. those are all, you know, there's a reason for all of it. That's right. Yeah. I think it helps us learn more about the the character of the family. I mean, all of those mm-hmm. choices tell us things that you don't have to spell out, but we get that, that vibe um, from... So, yeah, those are all excellent choices, ladies. Thank you, thank you. I give you you. um, a thumbs up for those. And thanks to all of you for listening today and coming along with us into our favorite TV homes. Make sure to come back next week for part two of this fun conversation, when we'll share the favorite TV homes from our Instagram society, as well as talk to a graphic architect who designs unbelievable replicas of all of those homes we've been talking about and walks you through them on her YouTube channel. Yeah, she is incredible. And it was so fun to talk with her. 
Um, And as always, thank you for all your support and for sharing our podcast and page with others. If you'd like to take your support to the next level, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com and then just search for Pop Culture Preservation Society. You can help us keep this society trucking and get fun, exclusive perks in return. And this week, we would like to give a special thank you to patrons Gail, Melissa, Elizabeth, Dina, and Jennifer. The PCPS is honestly made possible by people like you. Yes, they are. And now it's time for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company. To happy days. To good times. The little house on the prairie. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. 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 The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you.